Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Teller County Sheriff's Office podcast. This is Tommy Allen with the Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association, and I'm joined today by, of course, Lieutenant Renee Bunting. Thank you, man, for being here. Jessica Flores, the uh, dispatch supervisor, and a special guest today, Ben Bills, the public information officer from the El Paso Teller County 911 Authority. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good morning. All right. Thank you for being here, sir. Uh, and the reason that we're here today is we're going to talk about peak alerts and getting everybody uh, really online with peak alerts so that they can get their notifications as effectively as possible. So, Ben, thank you again for being here. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you about what peak alerts is because I know right now everybody is used to Nixle and there's a lot of confusion about the switchover from Nixle to uh, peak alerts slash Everbridge, I guess. Is So uh, can I kind of get you to give me a bit of a, a description of what peak alerts is and how it falls in replacing or enhancing Nixle? Sure. So peak alerts is used by the 911 centers in El Paso and Taylor County as the primary means to send out emergency notifications. Um, the term peak alerts is just a marketing term because Pikes Peak is in both counties, El Paso and Teller. Um, and the Everbridge software is what we use to generate those notifications. Uh, peak alerts is used for like law enforcement activity, shelter in place type notifications, missing at risk people, and most importantly, evacuation orders in case of a fire. What's the best way to, to get access to peak alerts? The best way to access it is to log on to peakalerts.org. It takes just a few minutes to create your account. Um, so that does require internet access, of course. If someone does not have internet access, they can call 719-785-1971 and leave their address and contact information and a member of our staff will put their information uh, into a profile. And Ben, I have a question. Um, so if I'm already signed up for Nixle, how hard is that for me to sign up for Peak Alerts? I mean, is that going to be a long process? Do I have to contact someone to help me? I mean, what does that look like? The, the Peak Alerts process to sign up takes about three minutes just on peakalerts.org. They're Great. just adding their, their name uh, up to five locations. They can put home addresses, work addresses if they've got kids in school, just specific locations they want to get notifications for. And then they can add up to eight points of contact, phone call, text message, email, and then uh, also the Everbridge app. Um, Jessica, can I get you to talk about the relationship between what we're talking about here and how Teller County Sheriff's Office accesses that? So the 911 authority pays for all the equipment dispatchers use because it comes from 911 tax dollars. So Everbridge is the one that the 911 authority chose for us to use in two, started in 2000. 2013. So this is not a new software and it's not something new that we're using, uh, but it is the best way to reach our citizens when we need. But since most people are getting away from landlines and now to cell phones, we don't have a good way to connect their address with the wireless cell phone if they do not sign up for peak alerts. And that's been the biggest challenge for us to get the emergency notifications out to the people. They need to register. So it sounds like things are kind of changing from what they used to be where we'd get a big blast to everybody in Teller County if something was happening over in, say, CME, Calvary Mountain States. Uh, and uh, instead of that, it's it's going to be more centralized to the locations that you input through peak alerts. There's a benefit to that. So the the mindset of, of very focused alerts targeting people that need that emergency information quickly is because that in an emergency, let's use evacuation orders, for example, is Countywide notifications could generate a lot of traffic on the roads up here, especially in areas where there may be one way in, one way out. So we very focus that or we target that information to the people that need it. Uh, the other benefit for the Peak Alerts program versus uh, there's a benefit with Nixle as well, but Peak Alerts profiles uh, create a uh, 
that contact path for us to reach you by phone, text, and email. So in the event of an emergency, let's say we have damage to infrastructure, cell towers, cable pedestals, if we have um, congestion on the network because there's a lot of people calling, checking on loved ones, that in peak alerts, you'll have as many ways um, that we can contact you listed in your profile. So we at least have an, a chance to get at least one notification through to you versus just that one path through Nixle. And, you know, during the fire, one of the things that we realized having the town hall meetings was a lot of people had not turned on their notifications on their cell phones. So they were not getting those alerts and those notices or, you know, the information that we were sending out. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up um, because during the, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jess, the High Park fire is we had two systems in play there. So Peak Alerts generates those phone calls, texts, and emails, and they're very targeted um, to the specific areas. Like you mentioned, Colorado Mountain States. Did I get that right? Um, so an example for that, if they evacuated just them, we'd draw a shape around Colorado Mountain States, and our Peak Alerts messages would go phone, text, and email. When you mention alerts being turned off on a cell phone, that's the second alert that we had in play. So our message senders for, for Peak Alerts are also... Um, holding credentials through FEMA to utilize the IPAWS system. It's the integrated public alert and warning system. And the benefit to that is it allows us to push out messages through the emergency alert system for TV and radio broadcast. If you've got that weather radio sitting on your desk and it never makes a noise until the sky gets dark, uh, we can push that evacuation order over that. And then that specific alert that you mentioned, Renee, is called a wireless emergency alert. So it's supposed to be very targeted to that local area that we're making the notification to. Um, it has up to a tenth of a mile bleed over. We are aware that sometimes they do go farther, but the benefit to incorporating those alerts, especially during an evacuation order, is because there's no subscription required. Nobody needs to opt in. Uh, people's cell phones know that they're in the area and it will choose to display that message. So now we have a chance to reach people that may not be registered for peak alerts. And since we have a high transient population with vacation rentals and people visiting the national forest and camping, that's a way that we can hit them with a wireless alerting system since they won't be signed up for peak alerts because they're not from our area. That's great. It's good to know. So you, you um, the, the fires have pointed out, uh, I'll just say this in full transparency. I think the Everbridge app, there's definitely room for a couple of enhancements, but what I've noticed specifically with people calling regarding the app is, um, there's not a full understanding of how that works. So first off, when we generate a notification through peak alerts, we're generating that area on the map and we say, call everybody that's, that's registered for those alerts in this area. When you download the Everbridge app, you have to search for peak alerts, log into it, and now your phone becomes a moving target. So if you're in Colorado Mountain Estates and we evacuate you for a fire, it'll show up instantly on your app. Um, and we'll also, if you travel, let's say, down into the Springs in El Paso County, where all of our 911 centers are using um, peak alerts as well. And let's say there's a notification on the west end of Manitou Springs that there's a law enforcement activity and the road is closed and we want you out of the area. The second you drive into that shape we've put on the map, there goes your Everbridge app and you get a notification on your app. So peak alerts, create that profile for um, your home, your work, your schools, but download the app. So now that if you leave your home, you can still get emergency alerts for the areas that you're traveling in, in El Paso and Teller County. Now I'm a, I'm a information security nut. I don't, I'm, I'm real scared about where my information goes when I put it in somewhere. <laughs> so uh, when somebody signs up for peak alerts and they put in their phone number and their address and their name and their name of the children and all that stuff, um, where does that information go? How's it used? That information is used for alerts only, emergency alerts only. It's not sold 
to a third party. It's not sold like some agencies or some organizations sell information like to, to marketing companies. Um, it is only used for emergency alerts only. And if uh, you mentioned specifically the Everbridge app, um, that information, as far as we can see on our end, we can't see the app users in the software. We just get a report that says, oh, when you sent this notification, we saw 26 people that had the app running. Okay. And so when, uh, when I get a message from Peak Alerts, what should I, what should I do? So I would, my recommendation is that if you ever receive an emergency alert, you're signing up to receive this important critical information that could pertain to your family's safety or your property. And um, I, I would, I would just make sure that you follow whatever the information is in the message. If it says evacuate now, evacuate now. If it's a pre-evacuation warning, just my recommendation, if you can't evacuate, you should go. And the reason I say that is, is if we wait until the last minute and Renee might be able to chime in on this, essentially they're going to send probably police or uh, first That's responders correct. through that area and start knocking on doors. And we don't want to put additional people at risk in the event there's an emergency just to get people out. If you get that notification, uh, you should just heed the warning inside that message and evacuate immediately. Ben, I totally agree with you because sometimes people, even though they're in a pre-evac situation, they really, they, they let it go. They play it off and say, well, I have plenty of time. And they don't. We're kind of just giving them the little heads up that you need to start getting ready to prepare to leave. And really, if they have a place to go, they should just go ahead and do so. And one of the uh, good things that we came up with are those evacuation door hangers. And that way they can go ahead and put that on the door so somebody knows they've already left. And when the deputies do come through there, they know they've already cleared and gone to another um, location for safety. Yeah, I did see those. Those are awesome. I saw those on Facebook. I think those, that's a great idea, especially makes it more efficient when you're trying to clear Absolutely. out and make sure everybody's gone. Um, just to, from a point of safety is uh, Peak Alerts signing up for these notifications. This is a community partnership. There's two sides that need to happen here in order for us to be as effective as possible, right? So we want people to go to Peak Alerts and sign up um, for that alert. And then our job is to send those alerts to them. With that being said, there is no such thing as a 100% perfectly effective way to communicate with everybody in any given community. So I would just say that in the event, and we're, I know this is heavily based on some fire activity we recently had, but if you feel you're in danger, don't wait for us to call you. Don't wait for us to send you a text. Just take the appropriate action that you feel is necessary and leave if you feel like you're in danger and then try to get information from local media would be my first stop. You were talking about the, the peak alerts could potentially give you a call to let you know um, that you need to evacuate or you have some other emergency situation. If you're not there at home or for some other reason can't answer your phone call, will you get like a voicemail or something from peak alerts? Peak alerts is designed to deliver a voicemail to your mobile phone or your whatever phone number you've decided we, you want us to call in an emergency. Um, but it is also important to register as many forms of contact as possible, that text and that email. So just so we can deliver it in a hurry. So I'm going to pull it up here quick. So I have it. It's important to also, I would say, make a contact in your phone. So, you know, when an emergency notification comes from the Teller County Sheriff's Office, um, that contact information on your phone, just build the number of 719-387-7223. It's 719-387-7223. And then add that as a contact in your phone. Teller County Sheriff's Office, make it as peak alerts so you know where that call is coming from. Also, all of our text messages come from the same short code every time. Conveniently, it does have the number 911 in it, but it's the number 88911. You just build that all together in a contact so you know we're trying to reach you. Now, in Woodland Park, do they get a different 
uh, get it from a different number as opposed to the Teller County Sheriff's Office? Do they get it from uh, Woodland Park PD? They do. So the same text number 88911 applies, but the Woodland Park Police Department's number for peak alerts is 719-354-2703. And then, um, you know, there are plenty of people out there using, uh, that may be disabled and using a, uh, a TTY or TDD device. Uh, how does peak alerts handle that? We do some testing because we have a, a, in the 911 authority, we have a, a backup facility for dispatchers to work in. In the event, let's say the Teller County Sheriff's Office would need to move um, temporarily, but we do some testing in that site and we can deliver notifications via TTY machine. I don't think they're as, as prevalent out there as they have been before. They're not as popular. Um, I think the cell phone industry has taken that over a little bit, but we can deliver to a TTY or TDD. Yeah. I just, uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of us old folks, we have trouble changing with the time. So I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> to see a few of those out there. So a lot of these wireless alerts, a lot of people aren't paying attention that there's a location and then it says evacuate now. They just see evacuate now. You really need to pay attention to the location. And there's also a link you can click to see the map to see if you're in the area. So instead of calling 911 or the non-emergency dispatch number, try to use the resources in your phone or your peak alerts or Everbridge app to see if you're in the area instead of inundating our dispatchers because they are trying to get firefighters out there other emergencies handled, other phone calls. And if you inundate us, it slows the process down of getting the alerts out or the notifications out. Yeah, that's a great point. So just to, to think that these systems can cause a ripple effect inside of a 911 center and the folks that are tasked with sending these messages are also working the incident. And I do know there have been uh, several instances in the last couple of weeks where I know that 911 centers in the two counties had just been inundated by these messages. So if you could do your best just to to read the message, click on the link to see the if you're in the affected area because we are uh, aware of that specific alert. We just talked about, Renee, those wireless emergency alerts through iPods. They will have a little more bleed over than we do with the peak alert system. Don't, don't call 911 if you don't have an emergency. Save that for, for emergencies. And I have a question. Are those alerts and those messaging, are they limited to character space as well? Just like, you know, a regular, like on Twitter, you can only have so many characters. They they are. So the the wireless emergency alerts, they're, they have a buzzing tone and they're accompanied by a vibration. And uh, there's a short 90 or 360 character message. It depends on the level of service on your phone and how old your device is. Well, and I'll also mention that uh, when you start looking for information, when you start getting those alerts, Lieutenant Bunting has been excellent about loading the Facebook page with all the information that, that is available at the time. So instead of calling up 911 or the non-emergency number at dispatch, get on Facebook and have a look at the Teller County Sheriff's Office page uh, and see what information is being released there. And Ashley, Tommy, we have connected them. So when an alert goes out, it automatically goes to those pages. At the same time it goes out, it goes out to our uh, social media pages as well. Yeah. So you should have everything you need on the social media page and let the dispatchers do the job that they need to do in coordinating all of those actions that have to be coordinated. Absolutely. Uh, I have one thing regarding that, the the Everbridge app. Um, so I have heard from several folks, a lot of folks from up here that this app is just on and I can't see anything. There's just a blank map. Uh, tap on the top left corner of the screen. There's three lines. Just hit the enroll button and then a box will appear that asks you to enter an organization. If you type in peak alerts and select it, log into your peak alerts account. Now your phone is a roaming beacon. You don't have to go look for the alerts. You'll get it delivered by push notification. And to add to that, the Teller County Sheriff's Office is looking for like if Highway 67 or Highway 24 is closed, we'll draw a map around those areas. So if you're traveling, so if you work at the mine or you work at the casinos and you're having to travel at 3 a.m., 
you'll now get that notice about two miles before divide or two miles before cripple Creek. So you know that the roads closed and that way we're not so reliant on Nixle to send those out to 12,000 people at 3 AM when it's affecting maybe 20 people. But if you have the Everbridge app, it will now help you know when roads are closed, when it actually impacts you. Yeah. I do know that if uh, something buzzes on my phone at three o'clock in the morning, I'm a wide awake for the rest of the night. So <laughs> right. I can appreciate that. But you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because some people, they love to have those messages. They want to be alerted. They want to know what's going on. But then you have other people say, I don't care. I don't live on 67. I'm over here and I don't need to get that alert. And I, I just think it's unfortunate because we don't want to inundate anybody, but we do want to let them know this is going on in this area when you're approaching. I was just going to add with the we have over 12,000 people signed up for Nixle. So if we're blasting someone out over Nixle at the same time, we're trying to put out an evacuation notice, someone can miss a message and someone that actually needs it versus a text message over Nixle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the infrastructure peak alerts uses to make those notifications is the same infrastructure we use every day to make phone calls up here, text messaging our loved ones. Um, so rather than blast information countywide, let's say for an emergency, it's best just to isolate it so we can make sure that we're making our best attempt to get that information in the hands of people that really need it. The other thing we took from the Colorado Mountain States fire is that it was, since it was caused from a power line being down, the power was out. So a lot of people's cell phone boosters were down, their internet was down. So a lot of the ways we would normally reach them was not possible. So that is when we do rely on our deputies to make the notifications. Or if you know who your neighbor is and you know they can't be reached, go check on them and help them know that they need to evacuate because it is not a 100% proof. Now, a side note on this is peak alerts tied into our ham radio stuff that, that, that was going around for the fire? No, two different things. But the ham radio operators, anything that we put out on our social media, they actually put it out as well on the ham radio so that people who did not have access, they could get the information. Yeah. And again, iPods was used. We have a recording of it. We were traveling to a meeting in Colorado Springs, again, because radio and TV broadcast so far. When the fire started here in that first evacuation notice went out, it took over the radio in our vehicle and it had that alert warning tone. And then that computerized voice, it's like from the seventies, it sounds like, but it still gets that message across the Teller County Sheriff's office has issued and it's far and wide. So if you get that notification and you're in the area, time to go also might be a good time to check on your loved ones. If you know that they're in that area. Yep. And you know, Ben, it's funny because a lot of our younger, um, generation, they haven't gotten those messages. When we were kids, we used to hear them all the time. They yep. always were running on the uh, the news channels, like to test the system. And so I think that's, that's really weird when the kids say, oh, you know what I heard on the radio? It's like, oh, yeah, that's just old. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we do it. That's right. We, we looked on Amazon for like $40. You could get one of those weather radios. And I mean, if your power is out, it's got a battery backup. So that's a way to always know you'll get your evacuation notices. If you know that your cell service is iffy, your internet service is iffy. Those weather radios are pretty cost effective and can do the same job. If you grab one of those, make sure it's 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 uh, compatible with same codes. The same SAME is what we use. It's the code that we use to generate a countywide notification. Um, it cannot isolate or um, localize or focus a notification. So if that's on in your house, it just turns on and it's charging the battery the whole time. Um, once we send that message out, if we're utilizing that secondary notification through iPaws, that it'll trip that notification. It's got to be same uh, compatible. Now, uh, Ben, I'd like to go ahead and just open up the the microphone forum to you and just let you kind of give us any kind of information that we haven't covered so far. Um, I think we covered a lot of stuff so far. It's just uh, the, the thing I think is the most important, especially when it comes to emergencies, is that 
now is the time, especially in Teller and El Paso County, we don't have any active fire emergencies or anything going on. So take the time now while we're, while we're talking about this, take that three minutes, go to peak alerts, create your account, put in your up to five addresses, up to eight points of contact. Also take that opportunity to reach out to friends and family. If you've got elderly loved ones, elderly neighbors that may not have access to the technology to get on the internet, ask if they, you can create an account for them. So we're reaching as many people as possible. This peak alerts platform I checked this morning, we have about 75,000 accounts and a population of 700,000 plus. So now is the time to go out there and get that account created so you can have that peace of mind that in an emergency, we can notify you. This is a, this is a community um, initiative, right? We want everyone to be as safe as possible and, and communicate. It starts with communication, not only how to get information, but how are you going to get information after the event? So how would you communicate? Let's say you and your family are not in the same home and an evacuation order occurs. Do you know where you're going to meet, right? Where are you going to meet up to get together again? If you can't meet up, how are you going to communicate? If phone lines are congested, let's say uh, because of a mass evacuation and we can't get phone calls through, you're getting that busy, so busy signal, that drop tone. Did you know that you can text each other? It doesn't use as much bandwidth on the flip side. Um, if you have an emergency, make sure that you know that you can call 911. If you have an emergency, if you can't get through, um, texting to 911 is also a thing. Text to 911 is available in Teller County. So if you have an emergency and you're unable to get through on 911, that another option would be is to text, but it's always faster to call. So we always say to call if you can and text if you can. We need to start kind of training as a community that, hey, let's take a look at this alert. When it hits your phone, Read it. Ask yourself the question, am I affected by this? If the answer is yes, what do I need to do to follow the, the instructions within this evacuation order? Let's say, do I need to leave now? Then do so. Um, but also I would just refrain or try to avoid making that phone call, especially to the non-emergency numbers. To the These 911 operators are answering 911 calls and non-emergencies and handling the event. Just try to make sure that you've exhausted all your avenues to get information before you resist the temptation to call in to one of those non-emergency or emergent lines. And with Teller County, uh, with the High Park fire, our county IT was putting an ArcGIS map up and it's actually interactive. So if you click on it from social media, you can then put in your address to see if your address is in the evacuation zone. So you don't have to call dispatch to have us look it up. You can actually um, use that interactive map to help find out. And I think people didn't realize that. And so and that once they got to playing on the map, then they saw that it was interactive and they could do that. And I think that really helped. Now, as that's getting set up, like the first day, that may take us a little bit to get set up and running. So please, everybody out there, when it comes time and you start accessing that ArcGIS map, please be patient uh, as they get the thing set up because there's a lot of moving pieces when something like a fire or other emergency happens. So it will be up and it will be there for you to use eventually. So just be patient. All right, then. Well, I think we got a lot of great information on the Peak Alert system and, and using Everbridge and how to get our emergency notifications and what to expect when, when that all comes to pass. So I want to thank everybody for being here. Sir, Mr. Bills, thank you for thank you. being here. And of course, Jess, thanks for coming in. And Lieutenant Bunting. Got it thanks, right. Tommy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be very careful out there. Make sure that you have your, your information coming in via these different alerts that we've talked about. And uh, you make sure that you... Pay attention to your neighbors, your family members that are in the area as well, so that they are as notified as they can be as well. And on that, I'm going to go ahead and close out this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for being here. And we look forward to seeing you next time for the Teller County Sheriff's Office podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you.